What's up, everyone? This is Ronit. Uh, welcome to the Bobcast. We're making a return after one year. But now that sports are gone, it's the perfect time to make a return. So I'm here with Toby. Toby, introduce yourself. Uh, hi, I'm Toby. All right, he's, a Ar- he's an Arsenal fan. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about soccer or fo- football. And so, we have some questions that we're going to go over. Um, it's going to be a little bit of like an interview format. I'm gonna, probably going to like interview Toby, and I'll give my takes on... Uh, since I'm a Manchester United fan, I'll give my takes as well. I think it'll be pretty fun. So, the first question. Rate the season. Assuming, assuming that the season's still going on. Things stand as currently, uh, as they currently are in the in the table. Rate the season on a scale of one to ten, and give some justification. Um, for Arsenal specifically. On Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How how is Arsenal oh. season on a scale of one to ten? Oh, uh, like definitely like probably like a three, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's because like first of all we had like uh. A, man, a managerial change with Emery. Like, we were doing extremely poorly the first half of the season and that, like, whole tenure under uh, Londonburg as well. It was like, we got, <laughs> we were obviously weren't as good. Like, since our Arteta's come in, though, we've performed better. We've, we've been better. Statistically, our shots have, uh, the number of shots we've conceded have been down as well as the shots that we've attempted. And, uh, yeah, it was, I know the Europa League exit was rough, <laughs> but I still feel like uh, we have an extremely good chance of making, potentially making top four in European football uh, because, okay. like, as a result, like, we haven't lost a game in the Premier League besides the Chelsea game. That was, besides the Chelsea game, or, like, in his first, second game of the season, Second, no, not second. Our second game in charge. Besides that game, we've been we've been very good in the Premier League. So there's a good chance that we can make still make the Champions League. I guess. So, so you're saying a three out of ten. Just just to remind yeah. you, Arsenal is number nine on the table, and you but know it's 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 pretty common nowadays to hear people say Arsenal is a mid-table club. What do you, what do you say to that? Uh, didn't Chelsea get tenth in twenty fifteen sixteen? And were people calling them a mid table club? <laughs> like, we have one bad season out of. Uh, well, this is our first season in twenty five years outside the top six, and now we're a mid table club, That's just true. because it's Arsenal. It's like I feel like there's this stigma. Just be- it, it also goes back to like the top, like the fourth place comments as well. That's it's true. just. <laughs> but but okay, so we know we know what happened with Emery. Yeah. But but at the end of the day, last season Arsenal were in arguably a better position, at least table wise, than they are right now. Do you do you think hiring Arteta was the right decision? Yeah, because like <laughs> we were like have like at the like at the end of Emery's tenure like. At the end, like, before, when Emery was stacked, we were, like, ninth or 10th place. 
and uh, under Arteta, like you can clearly see the shots, the number of shots we've conceded and the number of shots we've attempted, as well as the individual performances of some players, such as Mustafi, have improved as well as Dav Louise. Um, you can make notice of even sh- like players like Shaka have like reemerged in the club, especially after his fallout with the fans and stuff. We're we're and, gonna go, uh, we're gonna go more into Arteta later. Um, yeah, but so you said a three. That's okay. I I think that's fair actually. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I guess it kind of depends on like, what 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 do you rank like a five or a ten? I feel like a five would be like it's more the same as like compared to like last se- last season or the season before. Okay. Like okay, well, that's fair enough. Yeah, I feel like it's more the same. Like I would say, like a season, a five out of ten would be like, um, I guess a wolves or something. Maybe not wolves. I don't know. If that's the best. Yeah. One because- yeah. Actually, no. Okay. So you're 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 saying if Arsenal was where the wolves are right now, they'd be a five out of ten for you. Yeah. Okay. No, that's fair. I think it's the same. I would I would go the same actually. Um. I I think I'd give Manu a little, a little bit higher. I'd say I'd say a four point five out of ten. I think I think that would actually piss Dang. off a lot of Manu fans. I think, especially recently, I don't know. It seems to me a lot of other United fans are a little bit little bit overrating the season we're having. I mean, it's like before Bruno, everyone everyone was calling for Ole's head. Everyone was calling yeah. for Woodward's head. I mean, oh, everyone's always calling for Woodward's head. So that's not that's not that big. But I mean, we what we lost to Burnley, right? We were like, we we lost to, jeez, uh, who who did we lose to? Obviously, we lost to Liverpool. But um, yeah, everyone loses to Liverpool. <laughs> I mean, we tied. We tied club club Brugge. Yeah. I mean, my God. I mean that, and that wasn't even that long ago. That was February. 20th that was after Bruno joined um yeah I don't know I think we've definitely been in good form after Bruno joined obviously I mean I we haven't lost in like I don't know what was it, 11 games something like that but um at the end of the day I think when you when you want to rate a season you have to include the whole season um yeah and I think especially Considering last season, I know table wise we're in around the same spot, but I think when you when you think of expectations for Manchester United staying staying the same at you know out of the top four, I think yeah. I think if you asked me last season, uh, at this point in the season, if Manu are outside the top four, I, I would have said that season is probably a failure. Um, yeah. So. Now, now it's it's not black and white though because we have had a lot of injuries. Pogba, yeah, obviously he's been out almost a whole year. <laughs> Jeez, I can't even remember the last time Pogba played a game. I mean, I, I actually no, I do remember he came in. God, I don't know who he was against. I mean, I remember we were down and he he came in. Yeah, I don't even remember. He was like he came in for for a little bit for like thirty minutes as a sub at the end, and he was easily our best player. I mean, it was night and day. He came in and immediately 
everyone else just just looked like a tier lower than him. And then I think yeah. that that was the game he re, he re-injured. Maybe it was Watford. I don't know. I'm not sure what it was, but he, he immediately re-injured. Yeah, yeah, whatever it was. Um, Rashford obviously was injured since January, and oh yeah, we're gonna get into that later when we talk about managers. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, we we've had some injuries. I think when you have a starting midfield of, jeez, I don't even want to think about it, but it was Pereira, sometimes Mata, <laughs> Lingard, um, because because McTominay, McTominay was injured, and and that's yeah. why that's why this season Fred has been. I mean, people people are are raving about how good Fred is this season, and it's it's surprising because people outside of Manchester United don't really consider Fred to be that good of a player. Um, yeah. Because obviously, they, you know, like when you when you don't watch a club every week, you just kind of see the, the highlights. And Fred is not the type of player that puts on highlights every week. But yeah. without Fred, I don't know where, you know, I don't even know if we'd, I think we, we could potentially be below Arsenal. I mean, that's how, that's how bad the midfield would have been without Fred. He was so good. And I honestly, yeah. he he probably saved our season from being like a one or two, so yeah, it's it's insane yeah. how much him and probably Wambasaka too. I mean, it's insane. I think you also have to mention Rashford as well. Yeah, I think yeah, my God, Rashford in those two two months, I think, and it's crazy because before that, everyone was having discussions. You know, myself included. I'm not gonna say I wasn't one of them, but I mean, people were saying. I mean, Rashford's quality was coming into doubt, to say the least. He was, uh, I mean, I mean, that at that point, people were saying Dan James is better than Marcus Rashford because at that time, I mean, yeah, you you think now like, wow, Dan James hasn't done anything in in months, <laughs> but at that time he was he was tearing it up. I mean, he came in from the championship, he scored a couple of goals, um, and he was he was looking better than Rashford on the left, to be fair. And it, you know it was people were saying you know try my right wing I think I I said try try my right wing put him at center forward you know maybe left winger is in his position and whatnot and then to his credit he he came out and scored like what fourteen goals was it in the in the prem so he was, yeah I mean he's killing it for twenty one year old um and he was I mean he yeah you're right he definitely carried the goal in terms of Goal output because Martial was another one that was injured for for a while too that I forgot to mention. So, I mean, yeah, yeah he really <laughs> quite literally injured his back trying to carry us. So, yeah, those three players for sure. I mean, wow. Um, yeah, that 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 those three players literally are what make up that four point five. I think. Um, you know, I mean, we, we we did have some great wins. Like, I'm not gonna act like beating Man City three times was not great. You know, but at the same time, I think when you look at um, how we've won games, it's I I don't know I I have not really seen improvement since even even going back to Mourinho I I you know we're we're by far and away a counter attacking team even with even with Bruno maybe that will change once Papa comes back and Rashford comes back I don't know but. 
I mean, if you look how we beat Manchester City, yes, obviously I'm going to be happy that we beat Man City. You know, the, obviously. Like, when Scott McTominay scored that goal from 50 yards out, yeah, I was I was pretty fucking happy. But, um, I don't know. It, it just didn't feel like, it never felt like we were in control of the game. Both, both, both yeah. of the two most recent times that we won was, you know, we scored a goal. And then soak up, soak up, soak up pressure. I mean, I like you were literally you. You could, I mean, you're sitting on the edge of your seat, just wondering, like, you know, please, please don't let Aguero find the ball like 15 yards out because, you know, the game's gonna be over. You know, yeah. it was just like they they were relentless. They kept attacking us, and yeah, to to our credit, we defended well, but it just never felt we were in control of the game. Never felt yeah. Like that. Yeah, like that pragmatic style of football. It's just like hoping, like essentially parking the bus yeah. and just hoping like the opponent doesn't score and then you take your chances through the counter. It's yeah. it's pretty risky, I guess. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like an improvement, you know? I mean, that's where we were before Ole promised attacking football. <laughs> I die. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. I mean, we've been winning. Sure, we've been winning, but we were... We were winning under Mourinho as well, um, so I don't know. I, I you know, I, 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 don't think you can make too broad of judgment just because so many players have been out. But I think once the season resumes, and I think it will, it will resume. I don't, I don't think personally that they'll avoid the season. So yeah, once, they can. Yeah, I mean, so so once the season resumes, I think that'll be a great test because Rashford's back, Pogba's back. We'll, we'll, we'll see. You know what Ole has up his sleeve. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or whether the players are just gonna carry the club through. Yeah. To the top. What that that transitions transitions us to the next question. Do you think the season will resume? And if so, what do you think will happen? What will the outcomes be? Who who will make the Champions League? Who will make Europa League? And if it doesn't, what do you think will happen? Uh, yeah, I believe the. Like, the Premier League is going to resume simply because, like, uh, not only I feel like the, I feel, I feel like uh, the coronavirus pandemic, it's kind of, it's gradually slowed down a bit, like, the number of cases, yes. but it's still, uh, and since, like, the German League's already resumed, yeah, it's, it's fair to assume that uh, the Premier League and other leagues that haven't canceled are going to resume as well, and I also believe like they just don't want to do like a system in which they were award awarded to Liverpool, but they also don't want to do a system in which they hurt Liverpool's chances of winning the Premier League. So I feel like they're the only way to like no way to solve this is to like to finish the Premier League season. Right, and I even saw today. Um, I think the the Spanish Prime Minister said La Liga is open to be returning. I think June 12th is probably the target date, so... Okay. So, world, yeah, world leagues are opening up. So, I think there's there's no question in my mind that this season will resume. Um, there's just too much money on the table. I, I you know, I, I don't think it's possible to just wait until September to start a new season. It just... I mean, the clubs are already bleeding money. I just don't... I don't see it happening. So, yeah. So, assuming, assuming, right? Assuming the, the yeah. season resumes... How do you see it playing out? Um, I believe, like, Liverpool, unfortunately, 
is going to win the Premier League. There's yeah. no other way around it. There's nine games left of the season for them. Um, they only need to win two games, right, to win the Premier League? Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah two they're, games. They're going to get it done. Uh, <laughs> I think Man City is going to continue at second, and I think Leicester as well will get a Champions League finish. So it's really between Chelsea, Man, Man U, Wolves, Sheffield, Tottenham, and Arsenal. To, to who will get the fourth place. And I actually I actually don't know. I, between, I think it's a real struggle between who's going to get it, Chelsea, Chelsea or Man U. Because uh, I think Man U, like, I feel like they're stars since, like, Pogba and Rashford are also coming back. Uh they could really carry that team through the top to the to the top four, and if you really look at it, uh, Chelsea, a lot of their success was early on in the season through their youngsters, and they've kind of slowed down a little bit in the second half. Mm-hmm. So, um, I. I might have to go out with. I hate to say this, but I think Ben, you might be able to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, sir. So yeah. Man, you have and four. I think, yeah, I think Chelsea will get fifth. Okay. And I think Wolves will get sixth. Really? So, I think. So you think Sheffield? Just because. Keep in mind, Sheffield has played one less game than the Wolves, Man U, and Chelsea. And and they're level with the wolves right now. Yeah, it's just yeah. Sheffield's doing well and and stuff, but it's like if you look at their goal output, it's like they've only scored around thirty goals, right? Yeah, they yep. But they yeah they've they've had a strong defense to be fair, but I just feel like uh since like the lack of training and the lack of uh, preparation. They're gonna be like a lot of teams are gonna like a lot like concede a lot of goals. Like you can see in the Bundesliga, like you can see like there's like a lot of games which is like uh four zero, three, three one, like relatively open games. So I feel like the teams with like better attacking outputs would win. That is, yeah, that's uh yeah. And I feel like Arsenal or Spurs will get seven. Okay. In that. Yeah. But I feel like uh, Sheffield, yeah. I know it might be harsh to them, but I feel like they might get like eighth or ninth or something. It's something like that. I, I see it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if I'd necessarily agree that they fall that far, but I think your point is very valid. I, I think I'd agree with it actually that um since the players won't get I mean I know I don't know about Arsenal or any of the other clubs. But I know Man U has <laughs> returned to training this week. Or you yeah. know, maybe last week they started training. So there's there's not much. I mean there's not much time to uh you know to to work on formations and, and game plan and tactics. And so I think I mean, you made a good point about the Bundesliga. So yeah, I think I think in these last uh, these last few games of the Prem, 
I think talent wins out. I think I think the most talented teams are going to fare a lot, you know, a lot better than the teams who have yeah. less talent and are just well coached. Uh, to be frank, and so I I, I see, <laughs> you know, men like we're we're gonna get into it later, but. You know, I don't necessarily know if Manchester United is the most well coached, but I don't think anyone yeah. is denying if with Pogba, with Rashford coming back, I don't think anyone can deny the amount of talent they have. And I, I think, you know, I, I, I don't think they can pass Leicester maybe, but I, I'm pretty confident that they did you know, they'll take fourth, especially if you consider the fact that Conte said he, he probably wouldn't play. He said he has some like pre-existing health issues, and he didn't he didn't want to oh. risk it. But it, I thought he was in training though. Is he? Oh. oh, like was that like after like he went to training? He announced that he had some condition. I actually don't know. I I, I thought he was saying he wasn't gonna play, but uh, actually no. Yeah, I mean people don't know, but I'm seeing reports that people are saying. He might miss the rest of the season due to COVID concerns. Um, oh. And yeah, he, he has not returned to training. He has not returned to training. So okay, that is yeah, that's that's gonna be interesting. If I mean that's probably their best player, I think. Um, I, I you know probably quite easily their best player actually, but um, yeah, I I just I just don't see Chelsea being able to hold off Manu. I mean, considering we have you know the the sweep on them. Especially so, even if we tie, you know, we're we're, we're taking the fourth place, um, we're taking the Champions yeah. League spot. I think I think Manu's a lock at four. I think, I think I think the top three is probably locked in as well. Um, yeah, I think where it gets interesting is the Europa League spots, because yeah, you can make an argument: Chelsea, Wolves, Sheffield. Spurs because Spurs were missing Kane, uh, Son, and Son, right? And now I think yeah. even more players than that. And now Mourinho's getting them back, and so all of a sudden the Spurs are much more of a threat than they were two months ago. So I think yeah, yeah, I think it's interesting because if you, I mean, the Spurs are only four points behind Manchester United. Um, I don't think yeah, it'd be interesting because the first game. That would be played would be Spurs United, so that'd be interesting. But I, I don't see, I I just don't see the Spurs going up all the way to fourth. Yeah, but I agree. I, and if like if the the last few games under Mourinho is anything to show of like what of what he actually wants Spurs to be like to play like, <laughs> it doesn't look like it at all. Yeah, I I don't. I'm still I'm surprised. Potch is still, still out there. I don't know. Um, yeah. I yeah. I mean, I I'm not even seeing. I think the the, the rumors to Manu just I mean completely stopped. That's I mean that's interesting to me. But yeah. I ever since he, Newcastle. Yeah. Ever, ever since, since Newcastle. <laughs> but the Saudi prince. Did they? They'll be interesting to watch. I mean. Yeah. This whole this whole season honestly has been like. There's been very little separating mid mid table from quote unquote top six clubs at least. Yeah. So. Except for like Liverpool, obviously. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's interesting. But I think I think Spurs are gonna move up to at least the sixth spot, if not number five spot. I I I, I see. I don't. <laughs> I don't think Arsenal <laughs> makes it. <laughs> if I'm being honest, yeah, I, I, I don't, like European I don't, competition. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Arsenal gets into European competition next year. I'm gonna be honest. Wait, what? I don't. I don't think. I don't think. It, I, I think. I honestly, I see, I see the Wolves and the Spurs coming in, uh, five six. I, okay, fair. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even be surprised if it's Sheffield up there. I, I would put Sheffield above Arsenal in the final table. I'd put, but we have a game to play. We yeah, have, yeah, we have yeah. a game in hand. Yeah, that's like the, yeah, that's the first game, right? You both, you guys both have a game to play. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting. But but to be fair, the game in hand is against Man City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, Arteta might have the tech. Like he might have all like the information. On, he has the information on Pep. All the information. Speaking speaking of Arteta, we'll move on to our next uh, segue, which is how would you rate Arteta as a manager? I know we don't have a big sample size, but yeah. how, how would you rate him so far? And do you think that he is the best choice going forward? Uh, for, so far, I think probably a six point five or a seven, because like out of ten, I, I think yeah, I think we've definitely wow. made him. He's not like he's not been like extraordinary like all these first run, like all his run under like initial like his initial run when he got hired mm-hmm. or like uh, even Emery's twenty two. Game on beaten run. <laughs> yeah, let's not forget uh, about that. <laughs> yeah, but he's like you can definitely see some improvements in the like tactically because like uh, we get counterattacked a lot less under Arteta and like our possession stats are a lot better. Like they've gone up by like around five percent, just with the same like some like with the exact same team. Shaka and Ozil and all of them. So I feel like he's he definitely has like the right mindset to take us to the top four because it's like a more attacking philosophy, attacking minded philosophy. So mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely do think there's it's it's a it's it's an improvement on like under him compared to Emery since his ideas were more uh you sit back uh or I shouldn't say like it's it's not necessarily park uh parking the bus or a defensive mindset, but it was more uh you you would wanna like I generally don't. <laughs> Never mind. Just forget about that. Point. No, I mean, I think I think Emery had to go no matter what, right? I mean, he he lost yeah. the dressing room. <laughs> but you were yeah. talking about you were talking about how all these players were seeing a lot more development under Arteta than Emery. Yeah. Who who, who do you think? I know you always tell me about Saka, but. Give, give, give me some highlights. Who who do you think has really taken like another big, you know, a big step under Arteta? Um, I would say 
I think, yeah, Sokka has to be number one, I think, but definitely Mustafi's kind of looked like a different player. Other than, like, the missed pass against Chelsea, uh, I think he's been a much better player under uh, under Ateta. Like, he hasn't been... Uh, I haven't seen him, like, get easily get dribbled past or, like, getting caught in, like, the halfway line and stuff uh, like he used to. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like our team has just been... Actually, like, our defense like with him and Dav Luiz as well. Um and you get we've you get, get Saliba back, right? Excuse me? You get Saliba back from from France, don't you? Yeah. So, yeah, he's also supposed to be like a decent ball playing center half, tall, 6 foot 4, um strong, good aerial duels. Yeah. So, he should be interesting as well. So like I just feel like our defense in general is like made has been much better under Arteta than Emery. Like even though he's supposed to be the more like structured or defensive or defensively oriented coach compared yeah. to Arteta. It's just like I feel like our issues under like our our issues that were under Emery of some of our issues under Emery have stayed under Arteta. Yeah. And like our like our lack of creativity. And that I feel like is more has more to do with like the quality of players that we have. Um I believe some of our players, in particular um Mesut Ozil, have <laughs> stayed in the club. <laughs> A bit too long. You know, I'm wondering, like, well, what is Arteta's view of Ozil? I, I think it was pretty clear that Emery did not want him. Yeah. He, you... Like, he hated it. Like, he <laughs> didn't like the way he, like, brought himself. Like, he had the a superstar mentality. You can see, like, in his recent um, uh, interviews, Emery's recent interviews, he talked about, like, how the club, like, even the players didn't view Ozil as a leader mm-hmm. in the locker room. And, um, they, at times, like, even after, like, the Europa League defeat, uh, Emery wanted to talk to each player individually afterwards and, like, talk to them, like, how they feel and stuff. Wolves didn't even show up to the meeting. You should do, he was the only player. You should, you should do, like, a special episode called, like, the down, <laughs> the downfall of Ozil or something. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I could definitely. <laughs> if you're if you're if you're listening this far, leave a comment telling Toby to go do that episode. I think that'd be a very popular episode. Yeah, I'm like envisioning the thumbnail right now. It'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like Arteta, like since like obviously he was great friends with him. He's played. He played with him for four years. Yeah, and. So now he's like he can't just turn his back on Ozil and not play him like, uh, and although it hurts, like I know Ozil's declined and stuff. He's still a sad indictment of the club is that he still is the best number ten or num- or creator or attacking midfielder on our team. Do you think Which he's is, the best midfielder like he, midfielder on your team? How would you compare him to Ceballos? Oh, Sabi- like the thing about Sabios is like under Arteta, he wants I think he wants to play him more as like a deep lying playmaker and uh he wants him to have more of the ball. But 
I just feel like a lot of the passes are like sideways and backwards yeah. from Ceballos. Like not it's, it's not like penetrating through like the defense. I guess like the I guess the trademark. Uh, I just feel like he hasn't really been that great. It's just more of the same. Like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> kind of like Shaka. Well, he's. <laughs> do you do you see him coming back? Because, I mean, it's, it's interesting because he has like a what? I mean, people are saying maybe a forty million, uh, price tag. Would you? Yeah. Would you want? Would you want him back for that much? Uh, Sub- like Sabias. Yeah. Um, I'm not so. I don't think so, personally, because. He hasn't really done that much besides the Burnley game early in the season. Mm. Yeah, his first, literally, his first game for the like start for the club. That was his best game. And what and, about what about your other midfielder, Terrera? Uh, the thing about Terrera, I don't think he fits Arteta's system. Like, I think he wants Arteta in the midfield. He wants maybe like one more defensively minded midfielder. That can pass the ball very well, but uh, I don't think I don't think he views Torreira as a very good passer of the ball. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he would want him on the. He use like he uses him more as a sub, like later on in the games, like when uh, Ceballos or somebody else is like their legs are gone. So you're you're screaming, you're screaming for party. I mean, it sounds like. The perfect fit. Yeah. Yeah. Would you, like, would you part ways with Torreira if it meant getting Thomas Party? Oh yeah, for sure. Like for sure. But the thing is, like, I just feel like if I feel like the only way to get Party though would be to let Lacazette go as well. Like, because that seems like the big, like, the number one move Atletico wants. Like. Mm-hmm. Lacazette, like they want, they're gonna go for any Arsenal play. It's gonna be Lacazette, and you would do that. You would swap Lacazette for Party. Oh uh, yeah, like, and this goes like as well as like a lot of players in the club as well. Like, pref- personally for me, I think the club should be looking for a younger team because I don't see us challenging in the next three to four years realistically. And Lacazette is twenty eight or twenty nine, and if we plan on like like so, I don't really see him like like gonna be like I don't think I'm, I don't see him as a starting striker and a team three to four years from now challenging for the title. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like uh, he's gonna be a thirty-one, thirty-two. Yep. Yeah, maybe, it's just I I think we'll, we'll I I didn't I didn't write it down, but maybe we'll do that at the end. Our dream. Our dream transfers and squad overhaul. We'll do that at the end. I think that'd be fun. Oh. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the party lot like letting Lacazette go for a like a player that we've wanted, uh, the, a player in a position that we've needed for years yeah. is more important. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, in regards to Ali. This is, I mean, it's a tough one. I think you, you know, it's hard. It's hard to rate a manager even on their, you know. I mean, he he hasn't really been given a full proper season yet. Yeah. So it's it's hard to, 
make too broad of a judgment, but we're going to do it anyway, just because <laughs> it's fun. Um, and so that's why, you know, Arteta, like, I think, I think you saw the same thing with Ole after the new, the new manager bounce, you know, after like, yeah. it started to set in, um, you know, after the luck started to wear out, after it started to set in that, like, you know, our squad is not as good as, as we think, you know, there, there's a lot of luck that's masking the, the true overhaul that needs to be done with the squad. And so Arteta has been interesting because like you said, there hasn't been that crazy new manager bounce um, yeah. So it's interesting because it's like we don't know at this point. Is he just a mediocre manager? Is he, you know, is he just limited by the squad? Which I think is a very, you know, plausible scenario because, like you said, you're looking at the Arsenal squad, and I, at least from the from an outside point of view, it's just like I I can't personally see the direction they're going in. I mean, you have Aubameyang, Lacazette. I mean, even Pepe is not, you know. I actually not you know I've 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 been wrong about Pepe in the past. I think Pepe is, is a big meme to anyone that's not an Arsenal. But if you ask anyone in Arsenal about Pepe, they'll defend him to death. So, <laughs> but in in any way, um, I think it's hard to tell about Arteta. I think Ole. You know, I, you know a lot a lot of people like him. He. It wasn't always like this. I think, you know, <laughs> at the beginning of, before he was actually full-time manager, back when he was the caretaker. Yeah. Was, and then, to be fair, I mean, who who wouldn't have wanted him at that point? We were literally unbeaten the night, you know, the night in Paris to this day was still the best game of football I've ever watched. Um personally uh that that was i mean come on after that game if you if you if you weren't screaming like hire this man right now you were you were in a manchester united fan like yeah was, even rio <laughs> yeah there was no yeah. other option i mean there's this there's no other option and i think after you know after we started going on the losing streak after the initial huge new manager bounce after we started going on the losing streak it started to, to dip a little bit um there, there yeah. was a little bit of concern here and there even during the winning streak that he was getting lucky and you know and whatnot but i think the overwhelming majority was was still very positive and and then when he started going on the losing streak it started to wobble a bit it started to wobble a bit but i i don't think certainly it wasn't at the point where it was just like fire him sack him you know, at least at least not at that point. People were saying, "Give him time." Um, you know, give give him the transfer window. Let's see what he can do. Give him two or three transfer windows. Actually, um, we'll see. You know what what he can do and what type of team he can build. And he did. You know, I I I'll give him credit. I I don't think the transfer window was bad. Um, I also don't think he deserves that much credit for it. I think a lot of people you know point to that and 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 are like you know look look at these players that only brought in they're they're our best players right now i mean clearly he he knows something you know he he's a smart and i i just don't see it because the players that he brought in were kind of no-brainers i think uh, yeah you know, besides besides dan james um who 
hasn't really had that great of a season, you know, not counting like that first month where he was just insane. Um, he's been really disappointing the rest of the time. And I mean, really disappointing. Um, you need like, he's, 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 he's good at what he does. He's, he can run fast. He can run at defenders. But apart from that, I don't see what else he can give you at least, at least now. So I don't, I think it's way too early to like point to Dan James and, and say, you know, look at the gem that Ole got from the championship. Do I think that? Yeah. Do I think that he's good? Yeah. Do I think he has potential? Yeah. But I, I no way you can point to Dan James and and justify, um, Ole's success. I I just don't see that. And you know, Juan Bisaka, Harry Maguire. I mean, these were transfers that were talked about even before Ole's name was even floated as a caretaker manager. I mean the. These these are no brainers. Even Bruno that that we brought in during uh, the January transfer window. I mean these these are no brainers. These were fans. I mean these these were like popular fan transfer uh, you know ideas and, and wants. Yeah, like Maguire was wanted by Man City. Yeah, Fernando was the best player in the Portuguese league. Yeah, Bissaka, but he was most tackles in the Premier last year. Right. I mean he was he was. I think I think what what us Man United fans were happy about was that you know finally there was kind of a direction maybe we we were looking for young players talented players um, instead of going for the big names um, so maybe he does deserve a little bit of of credit in that sense and that you know maybe we're going in the right direction I I, I could see that I agree with that but. Um, I, yeah. I, I, I don't agree with the viewpoint that like his, his picks have just been genius picks have been insane. Um, and then, you know, with regards to the, to the results, I mean, this season we started off, let, let's be honest, like terribly. I just, I mean, it was really, really disappointing considering, especially the start when we wouldn't be battered Chelsea four nil. I mean that that set some pretty high expectations. Um, yeah. And yeah, to, to be fair, he had to deal with some injuries, quite a bit of injuries. But I still don't think you have any business losing to Burnley. You know, yeah. Uh, and then losing it to I remember Crystal Palace. That we had a full we had a full strength squad when we lost to Crystal Palace early on in the season. And I I just, I just don't I don't see how you can justify that. You know I I. Don't for one second believe that even without Pogba, that you know, take out Rashford too. I I don't think that squad is less talented than Burnley squad. I I just don't. I yeah. don't buy that. Um, <laughs> not not for one second. And so, <laughs> I think I think his 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 opinion the opinions of him his perception has dipped up and down a little bit. I think yeah. it was it reached a point in December where it was just like I think the majority of the fan base was just like you know get him out get him out of here yeah get him out of here bring in Potch. Um I think uh after after we brought in Bruno you saw the shift start to happen and then once we went on that unbeaten streak it was just back to back to the unbeaten days again Ole in always <laughs> great Sir oh, Alex, always on the wheel. Yeah, always at the wheel again. <laughs> Sir Alex 2.0. It's just like all the all the misery and the pain of like the last 
four months were just gone, you know? Yeah. And I don't, like I said before, it might be too early to judge him. I, I Sure, it might be too early. Let's give him more transfer windows. I'm fine with that. Give him, give him, give him one more transfer window. Um, let's give him a season maybe, okay? Um, yeah. But so far, he has not shown me anything tactically that's, that makes me believe that we are playing attacking football or that we're doing anything different than what we were. The only thing, the, the only change that I really see is that we have better players. We have better players. I mean, uh, you know, or at least, if not better players, players who have performed better. Um, I think Bruno specifically has just, he, he transformed. Uh, and to be fair, I mean, once you hit rock bottom, there's just no way but up. Once you have a midfield of Pereira, Lingard, and, <laughs> Don, you know, Grandpa Mata, I just, there, there's no way but up. Um, so yeah, he came in there and looked world-class. And I think he was world class. There's there's no doubt about that. He was world class, but he made he made Ole look good. I, I tactically I don't think Ole did anything different. If I'm being honest, I think you know Bruno displayed a lot of individual brilliance, and to me that's just kind of how Ole's reign has has been, just individual brilliance that kind of mask his tactical abilities or lack thereof. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that that's how I feel about Ole. To be, let, let's give him. I, I'm, I'm not totally... Um, I'm definitely not saying he's a bad manager. I'm definitely not saying he's the right guy at this moment because I think he is. At this moment, I don't see a better option. Um, obviously, I think I would take Poch personally. Overlay, yeah. As a, as a as a manager, um, tactically speaking, but I just don't. I don't. I don't know what that would do to the players. I I think the players really like him, to be quite honest, um, or at least the club is making a, you know, a good job <laughs> at like making it seem like it. Um, so I, I I don't see how. I I don't know if the players would necessarily respond in the best way if he was sacked. I certainly don't think Woodward would would do it. Just because the fans, I mean, there'd be an outrage. Just because I, you know, like I said, the perception is back on high for for Ollie. Yeah. Um. Uh, I think an interesting point is to put it like you've seen how like Ollie has done with a very talented team. Like, well, I guess in the Norwegian, I think it's Norwegian, um, yeah. Norwegian league with Mold. Yeah. Uh, when he had the best, he like he won. He obviously won the league there. So I feel like you might want to hold on. Like if he gets the team he wants, maybe he might have. Maybe it might be the same case. I guess. No, that's true. I, I yeah. You, there's. I mean, look. Look at Sir Alex. Even. I mean, people. There's no doubt Sir Alex was a great tactical manager, but I think he was. Yeah, I don't think this is a controversial statement, but I think he was more of a player's manager than a tactical manager. Yeah. Not to say he wasn't a genius tactically, but 
I think where he really excelled was the relationship management with his players. Um, so if, if that's where Ollie wants to shine, then that's great. But what Sir Alex did do was go and hire the most forward-thinking, the best assistant coaches in the game. Yeah. And that's how that's how he got the success there. So if that's the, if that's the strategy Ollie wants to take, by all means, I'm I'm on board. I think if, if he wants to build a team, um, that just has too much talent. Like it, at a certain point, if you just have that much talent on the field, it's going to carry you to to at least a minimum standard of success. Um, with that, I mean, there's 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 just no way you have Sancho and you know if you add Partey or Grealish. Add a center back, and yeah. you know, there's at, at a certain point, there's just too much talent on the field to to just to screw up, you know. Yeah, the o seven o eight Chelsea squad. Yeah, like the year after they lost Mourinho, uh, a very mid table like manager, still able to finish second in like every competition. Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, talent <laughs> beats hard work yeah. and management. I, do, I, I agree with that more more ways than just soccer, but yeah, yeah, I think that uh, let's see, let's see. I, I I'm on board for now because I just don't see a better option, and most likely there won't be another option. But it's interesting. Um. Okay, so this this is gonna be a fun one. Yeah. Give me the most <laughs> overrated and underrated player at your club. This is gonna hurt me. <laughs> it's gonna, gonna hurt, hurt me too. Me it's gonna hurt me too. <laughs> I think you know who I have to say. <laughs> it's just because the Arsenal players are so. There's like a huge. I think we're at the point where no one rates them. Like, there's a certain <laughs> Arsenal like part of the base that like loves these players with a fan to death. And then there's like now there's an increasing number of realistic fans that, <laughs> that will like okay enough of this dog shit <laughs> these players are these players are useless oh but there's God. one base there's one player that's no matter what there's there'll be more positive fans than negative and as much as I hate to admit this admit this but I think Mesedozo has to be. <laughs> <laughs> hot take. It's a hot take. You sure you're comfortable saying that on the internet? It's a hot take. I know, bro. I'm gonna get memed. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it, I, it's the only one. Like, I can maybe I can mention like Sabios, but to no. be fair, I think a lot of Arsenal fans are starting to realize he's not that great. Yeah. Not all that. No, but I think. Also, oh, sorry. Excuse me. No, yeah, no. Also, also is the right answer. There, I don't think there's another right answer. There's, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because like, even despite like only getting like, I think this is like he's only had like one or two assists in the prem this season. He'll still be looked at as like we got Mesedozo. Prime Mesedozo is back <laughs> under Teta. <laughs> I'm telling you, that'll be such a good video. You, you, oh my god. Yeah, it's like he's no, he's not the same player used to be i just feel like he doesn't have the like not only is his like vision and his passing abilities like just gone down but he doesn't have like the same like energy like vibe and energy like and desire like if you watched his last game for germany 
like against South Korea. I know like it was a very controversial like tournament, like obviously with the racist the the insensitive comments a lot of the German media made towards him. Mm-hmm. And like he was still like you could if you watched he was like play he was playing with passion and stuff. He was like he put he created seven chances for like goal scoring opportunities for uh for them. And he was like sprinting back, working hard defensively. Like it was like throughout the game, throughout the whole game, like I don't think he's ever had like had an Arsenal like a performance like that in the past two years for Arsenal. Yeah. Like I know some Arsenal fans are gonna be like, Wow, you had the Leicester game. Did you forget that? But uh the Leicester game last season. But that was like more like uh twenty like a forty like a second half game. It was the second half performance. The first half he was relatively mediocre. <clears throat> yeah. Alright, so really quick, on on who's the most underrated player? Uh I would say okay, I'll be quick, I'll be quick. Um I would say uh what did I say? <laughs> There's a lot of players that shouldn't have Lacazette. Actually, Lacazette. I'll say Lacazette really? right now. Okay. It's because the main reason is because a lot of our... I've seen it in a lot of like the social media. A lot of people have been bashing Lacazette and stuff and saying that he hasn't been that great this season. And to be fair, like he hasn't... He's definitely dipped from his heights last season. But the, like, the abuse that he's getting is ridiculous. He was our player of the season last year. I think most... Like most people watching who watched us would know that Lacazette did more for Arsenal than Aubameyang did for Arsenal. Really, last season, he Aubameyang, yeah, his goal he scores more goals. But other than that, what does he give you to the overall game? Like Lacazette will work hard defensively. He'll create chances for you. In like when we're not able, when our midfield isn't able to, and like his hold up plays much, much, much better than Aubameyang's. Mm-hmm. So you you think Lacazette is better than Aubameyang? Like he's a better footballer than Aubameyang, yeah. but okay. Aubameyang, but obviously this season Aubameyang's been better. He scored more goals. Like Lacazette's had some. I think from November to around February ish, he like Lacazette's like has been pretty poor. Like his hold up play has been kind of trash. Like he did like obviously he didn't score. He went on a goal drought. But I just think on like on his day when Lacazette gets back on form, I think a lot of people will, some people will change their opinions and actually favor Lacazette over Aubameyang. Though, interesting. Not well, like, not, not trying to disrespect Aubameyang because Aubameyang's one of the best goal scorers in the world, obviously. But like you can't. I just don't like this art like this goal argument. Like if a striker doesn't score goals, they're dog crap. Like. What some people like to say about Firmino as well. It's like you can't... Some strikers offer more to the game than simply goals. Yeah. I thought I thought you were going to say Pepe, to be honest. No, I'm kind of glad that you didn't say Pepe. Shoot, shoot, shoot. <laughs> the, thing is, the thing about it is, is like Arsenal fans... I was like thinking in the Arsenal fans' perspective rather than like okay. the general Premier League fan. Okay, I see. Yeah, we value, like, a lot of people value Pepe. That's fair. That's what I was saying. Yeah, I think within Arsenal, Pepe is definitely more valued. Um, okay, I'll, I'm, I'm going to go in the same direction then. I think 
the most overrated player for Man U fans at least within the Man United fan base. I think the uh, to me the obvious one is Eric Bailly. I think that yeah, oh. uh, yeah that's because he came back. He came back from injury, and all of a sudden, people were saying he's better than Lindelof. I saw so many starting 11s, and Lindelof was gone. I mean, it was Bailly and Maguire. And he, yeah. he he was back for maybe a couple games at that point. And yeah. I think people are living in the past a little bit. They you know, they, they kinda remember by season with Mourinho. And he was yeah. he was great that season. I mean let's yeah, let's be clear. He was great that season. But the thing about Bay is he's even even not even considering the fact that it's just impossible for him to stay healthy. As a as a defender, I just he compliments Maguire really well. Like there's that for sure. There's there's no denying he compliments Maguire a lot better than Lindelof does, because Lindelof and Maguire are the same type of center back. Um, yeah. So yeah, I in that sense he's a better pairing with Maguire. Do I think he's better than Lindelof? Absolutely not. I, I mean the slander that Lindelof's been receiving this season has been just. I don't see it. I mean, Lindelof, to me, probably the player of the season for us last year, even though Luke Shaw got it. I think yeah. I think most Man United fans would agree Lindelof would have been, should have been the player of the season last year. And, I, he, I mean, he hasn't taken a huge step back this year. I, I think he's more or less stayed constant. I think he gets overshadowed by Maguire, especially recently with Maguire's form. Um, yeah, especially the fact that Maguire is also eighty million dollars. Yeah, and yeah, like so. you, you see, Bayes like he makes a lot of flashy plays, right? He does a lot of you know stupid stuff, but it looks cool. So you, you see highlights of him. People are like, "Oh wow, he's you know he's he's great." Look at him. I mean, he just did a, he faked someone out in our own box. I mean, he's so talented. But like, is that is that really the best? Is that really the safest thing to do in your own box? Like, yeah, it looks cool, but uh, you like that. you're a center back. <laughs> I mean, and he he loses possession a lot too. He's he's a bit careless with the ball. Um, yeah. So he he has different strengths and weaknesses to Lindelof for sure. There are two very different types of center backs. But to me, I I think he's he's quite overrated in the fact that I I would definitely not put him. As a better center back than Lindelof for sure, um, and yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking about saying this one person, but I know if I say him, I will receive so much hate from United fans. Um, but I'm, I'm gonna say it anyway. Um, I obviously this player is not overrated, but in a sense, like like I'm looking at it the same way as you, right? Is is this person? Yeah. Overrated by the fan base. And I have to say Marcus Rashford. I have to say Marcus Rashford because... Because... From, 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 if, you, if, you, if you just look at the stats, right? If you just look at the stats, he's, he's had an yeah. amazing season. And for two months, for those two months, he was, like, as, you know, as a holistic period... He was great. He was he was elite, if not world class. But yeah. if you but if you pick apart the individual games, 
he has he's he's really inconsistent. I mean, he has he has games where he goes, you know, he scores two goals. He has games where he scores the goals and 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 an assist, and then he'll he'll you know kind of disappear a little bit in the next game. Um, yeah, and the way that Man United fans hold him right now, I mean, they're already putting him among club greats. Like they're yeah. he's he's. To me, he has replaced Pogba as the face of Manchester United. Um, last year and the year before, I think no one would argue Pogba was probably the face of Manchester United, especially yeah. because Pogba's been injured. Rashford, I think now, you know, he's... I mean, you know, to be fair, he's built a great presence on social media. He seems he's a great guy. You know, he seems like a great guy. He donated, like, what, a million meals? To charity, he seems like a great guy, and he's one of my favorite players as well. Like, let's let's not get it twisted here. He's one of my favorite players, and he's a very talented player. Like, I'm obviously he's a very talented player, but I think that he's a little bit inconsistent still. I think it's way too early to be putting him up there with, you know, David Beckham and Cantona, in you know, based on a two month period. Because I mean, if you look at if you look at his success. He he was great for two months, he was elite for two months, but at the same time, Martial was injured. Um, he had essentially no. There was no one else who could score goals during those two months. I mean, Dan James had yeah. long was long gone out of form. I mean, he was gone. So, so I mean, someone had to score goals. I think you know, and and whoever you know, Mata, who whoever the right winger was, wasn't gonna do it. Dan James wasn't gonna do it. Um, you know, so I, yeah, he, he got, he got a lot of opportunities and to be fair, he, he converted, um, yeah, I mean, you're right. He, he carried us in terms of goal output during that span, but I think that the goal tally was a little bit inflated because of that. Um, you know, because he didn't have to split opportunities with Martial. Um, I think it's just a little bit early to be putting him up there and, and to be, Kind of heralding him as a, like people, people in Manchester United kind of think he's world class. At least that's that's the perception I'm getting from Manchester United fans that he's he's like a world class level player. Um, when to me, I don't think personally that he, you know, I I don't know if he's even as good as Sancho. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know, but. Yeah, I look. He's one of my favorite players. He's young. Um, I just think it's too early to be, um, to, to for him to deserve the type of hype that he's getting at least. Um, so that yeah, that's just that's just what I feel like. Um, but most underrated player. This one, this one is hard. Uh, just because Manchester United is so like the fan base is so crazy that I don't really think that. Like if there if there was an underrated player, there there would be some part of the fan base that was just going crazy for him and like yeah like he, we wouldn't he wouldn't be underrated just because our fan base is so huge. But if I had to pick, I would say, um, I, I would I would say I would say I would say Juan Bissaka. You know, I I think that he does he does Wait. get a, he he gets a lot of praise. Like let's let's be real, he gets a lot of praise. Um. But but when you hear people talking about who are the best players on Manchester United, 
And then you, you, who do you hear? You hear Bruno, you hear Pogba, and you hear Rashford now, which is, which is why, you know, I'm, I'm kind of. I would say Fred. Yeah, no, yeah. Fred is, Fred is another good one. Um, but I think Fred, he's gotten a lot of, he's gotten a lot of love this season. He's gotten a lot of love this season. So that, that's the only reason I wouldn't put him as underrated. Um, Juan Basaka too has gotten a lot of love this season, but it, it's just like he only gets, like you you only really see the the burst coming in when we play like Man City and he shuts down yeah. Sterling, you know, and then that's when like the praise floods in from everyone, like oh my God, he's got Sterling in his pocket, yada yada yada, but like he's he's easily in my opinion the most consistent player that we have, easily the most yeah. consistent player, and it's just like where where is that praise? Every other, you know, he brings it every every week to me. I yeah. I really cannot think of a bad game that he's had. He's had he's had a few average games. He's made mistakes, but I cannot think of a bad game that he's had. I mean, he is consistently he's consistently great, and he's improved too. I mean, he's improved his attacking. Certainly, he's improved his um his ability to like take take defenders on. Um, yeah, he's had some really nice assists towards the end of the season. Um, yeah, I agree. Like, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I think he. Yeah, some of his attributes are really underrated. Like most people just view him as a great defensive, great defender. Yeah. Like they view him as the the opposite of Trent Alexander Arnold. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I feel like you guys, a lot of people, underappreciate the things that he can also bring to the table. Yeah. Okay. Really quickly, this recording's getting kind of long. But yeah, five years. Who is at the top of the prem? Who's who's winning the Champions League, and who's winning the Ballon d'Or? Wait, Champions League. Five years. From okay. Now. Wait, who's winning the prem? Okay. Um. So I think if I'm being a, it really depends on a lot of things. So like one, whether or not City's sure. ban actually goes through. Sure. Uh, whether or not Klopp decides to go on a re- starts rebuilding right now or the year or next year, and if he actually stays as Liverpool manager, if Chelsea, because like if that doesn't happen, I think it will be Chelsea or Man U at at the top. To be honest, because they have uh, very good youth systems, so they can not only like bring in other superstar players, but they can also sell those players as well. And, yeah, so it's, like, as well as the fact that they are also <laughs> are right now looking for the best talents in the world, Sancho, Havertz, etc. Right. So I think it will be one of those two. Yeah, uh, pick, pick, pick one. Ch- oh, I had to pick one? Pick one, yeah. Chelsea, simply because uh, I think if Man U does actually rebuild – and stuff to a superstar team, they might feel the need. And if they are doing well, they if they're like second or third and still challenging for the title, they might feel the need to still keep they might just still keep um Ollie. Yeah. Whereas Frank like Chelsea, if they're not getting results, they're more like they're probably gonna as much as some fans are gonna hate this, but they might sell Frank. Yeah. But there's a good chance they might keep Frank because he does seem like a decent manager as well. So he's a better. He seems like a better manager than Ali. That's a fair. From point. what we've seen now. Yeah. No, that's a fair point. Uh, Champions League. I would say. Um, 
This is a very interesting question. I don't think it's going to be Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, yeah. I think they're going down all this one this time. Um, I, I actually think it might be either Bayern Munich or Real Madrid. Okay. Because Bayern, like right now, they're going for younger players. You can see Alfonso Davis, Kimmich will be in his prime. Um, you'll have they'll, ha- they'll still have Nabry. They're most likely going to get Sané. By then, they'll probably pick up. They'll get Havertz. They'll probably have a de- a good replacement for Lewandowski. And Real Madrid, they'll probably have Mbappe, maybe even Holland. And obviously, their youth system has been very like their youngsters have been very good with uh, Odegaard, Hakimi. They're probably gonna have Camavinga. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would have to pick one of the. It has to be one of those two. Mm-hmm. Probably, just for the sake of it, Bayern. Okay. And Ballon d'Or. Uh, Ballon d'Or. I think. Five years, Mbappe, Messi, and Ronaldo are done. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be between Mbappe, Holland, or Sancho, I would presume. Or even Havertz. One of those four, I think. How old is Messi uh, right now, by the way? 32? Excuse me? How old is Messi right now, by the way? 32? Yeah, 32. So I don't see him. Yeah. I think that's tough. Yeah. So I would say. Um, I'll just say for the easy, uh, this easy answer, but Mbappe. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think. Um, I think I'd have to agree with you on most of the most of the things. Honestly, um, I see. I see. Uh, Chelsea, Man U. I I don't see how those two clubs. Unless they really screw some things up, aren't at the top of the table in five years? Because I, yeah. Liverpool, I do think could be a threat because I I do believe that Klopp can rebuild for sure, and their players aren't their players aren't terribly old. Um, yeah, Man City, I think, is already on the decline. Uh, you know, they're they're to me, it might not even take three years for them to to really regress. Um, well, obviously, as a Man U fan, I'm not gonna say Chelsea's gonna be on top. So, yeah, nah, yeah, Man U, Man U will be on top of the Prem in five years. Wait, actually, I think there's one factor we forgot. We forgot Newcastle. No, no, don't even bring that up. I, I don't know. No, no. The new city, man. No, the new no, city, no. no, don't even know. Um, Newcastle. I don't. I don't care about Newcastle. I don't care who they buy. I don't care what manager they get. Manchester United is at the top of the Prem in five years. Okay. Twenty twenty five Prem champions, no doubt, <laughs> no doubt in my mind. Um, <laughs> okay, Champions League winner. Yeah, I would, I would say Real. Yeah. I'd say Real. That's like, I mean, I don't think you can ever discount Barca to be honest, because mm. their their players are older, but just because they're Barcelona. Like young young players will will come there. I mean, it's it's Barca, and like they'll 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 turn out they'll turn out good players from the academy. Um, I just, but no, I I think I think I, I agree with you. I, I would definitely put Real up there. 
Um, they're yeah. they're they have a lot of good, you know, really, really good youngsters. And yeah, I definitely think um, if if you're if you're a young player right now, and you're looking, you know, if you're looking for a team to join, um, you know, usually it comes down to Real or Barca. Those are the top two, and I think it's 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 a pretty easy decision considering Barca's, you know, the situation with the management um, and just the whole, uh, you know, the health of the club. I think it's a pretty easy decision for young players to make. So in two, two, three years, I think it's a no-brainer that you see someone like Mbappe or Holland at, you know, or, or even Sancho, which kind of worries me at, at Real, if not if not multiple of those players. So, yeah, I think it's just, it's just too hard to deny that much talent. Um, so yeah, Real, Real, Champions League, Champions 2025, and Ballon d'Or. Um, I'm I'm gonna go for an older player. I, I think I think Neymar probably still takes it at, at in five years. Um, okay. He's he he'd be what 30, 32, 33? I think 33. Yeah. I think I think you know we we've, we're seeing Ronaldo produce at that level. We're seeing Messi produce at that level at that age. So I, I can see I, I can see Neymar. I don't think his game is overly reliant on athleticism. So I I can see Neymar definitely maintaining his ability until then. Um, yeah, I, I think someone like Mbappe would definitely be obviously be in contention or Holland, but I think Neymar is just like he's 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 too good to to not to not be amazing at thirty three. So, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna say Neymar. Um, wow, that was that was a long episode. Oh yeah, the dream one, the dream um, the dream signings. Dream signings. I think we're gonna have to do that sometime. We're we'll we'll make a separate video about that. Okay. But yeah, this was fun, Toby. Yeah, that was fun. All right. Okay. We're gonna we might as well do an outro, even though. I doubt anyone's been listening for an hour and 14 minutes, but <laughs> hey, if you've been listening, stay tuned. We've got a lot more videos coming, um, not just soccer. I still have to respond to my Pistons my Pistons comments from last year um, about rebuilding. So look out for that. Look out for the Messet Ozil video, which is dropping. Right, Toby? Yeah. Of course. Analyze the genius. <laughs> the king of assists. So either way, uh, the podcast is back. And be sure to stay tuned. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next one.